Hello there, chummers. Welcome back to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast, a Shadowrun 4th Edition actual play podcast. In episode 21, the team deals with the aftermath of the cranial bomb that nearly killed them. They hide out in a safe house in Terraslar and do the laundry. And for a while, the game turns into a roommate simulator. Cecile uses all the hot water. Deandre gets bossy, and the pony gets whiny. As always, featuring Veronica as Cecile, Beth as Grace, a.k.a. Nightingale, Kat as Deandra, and Val as Ollie, a.k.a. Boxer. I'm really happy that you are joining us on this journey and hope you enjoy it. If you do, please tell your friends and leave us a positive review. We are available on most podcast services, YouTube, iTunes, etc., You can also find a link to our Discord server in the podcast description and on the YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you, and we share a lot of in-game pay data there as well, such as maps, intros, fluff, and character stories. On to other topics, only tangentially related to the Hard Knock sorority. As I'm sure runners of your caliber already know, there is a lot of excellent Shadowrun content available on The Matrix podcasts that inspired me to start this show, podcasts that reminded me of my love for Shadowrun, podcasts that I find aspirational. I'm going to start promoing some of these shows at the beginning of this show in an effort to give back and hopefully help you discover some of the great work other content creators have and are putting out there. This episode promo goes out to Pink Fohawk, a podcast that probably requires no introduction and has been taking the Shadowrun community by the balls. Alright, so without further ado, here's Pink Fohawk's amazing trailer. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you. You ever wanted to play Shadowrun? You know, the cyberpunk tabletop game where man meets magic and machine? It's too hard though, right? Too crunchy? Too clunky? It's a lot of math. Wrong! Pink Fohawk is a Shadowrun 2nd Edition actual play podcast, played by the rules, but fast and loose. With all the 80s cyberpunk edginess you know and love, where the hair is big and the explosions are bigger. Follow the story of two rad Shadowrunners, making a name for themselves in the mean streets of 2053 Seattle. Tina Bonemeal, nine and a half feet of pure troll muscle, surveillance expert, and aspiring actress. John Anderson, former company man, with a resume shrouded in mystery and a black belt Nikito. Check out Pink Fohawk Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you again, chummers. Don't forget, watch your back, conserve your ammo, leave the mono wire to the experts, and never, ever make a deal with the dragon. There's a long fight over what to order for breakfast. They're specifically being their cousins. They're her fangirls. How she has fangirls? I have no fucking clue. Knowledge washing clothes. Nightingale expresses her frustration 
and then she's not being properly respected as a savior. Hey, Craig. Could you be Craig? Salutations, Craig. Be Craig. Everybody loves Craig. That's if you don't love so... Craig, who even are you? Like, for real. I've Craig's been cheating on us with other podcasts. Whoa! That Serious is... accusation. Yeah. How do you know, Veronica? I Maybe was on you've the been cheating on us with other podcasts. <gasps> oh, no! And that's how you know. She's trying, she's trying to take him down. She's try, trying to cover up her infidelity by bringing Craig down with her. Oh, wow. I can't believe you. This is stupid. Really, none of you are surprised. No. All right. <clears throat> so we're going to have an opening scene. And I apologize in advance if it's a little bit lengthy. Well, not if, it is. So <clears throat> we're seeing through the eyes of a drone flying high above the Seattle. Our targeting reticle is a red box that is centered on a motorcycle, and we appear to be following it. Several green boxes are also visible, either moving through the traffic at some distance behind the motorcycle in the red box or above it. We hear the voice of the drone operator entering Auburn. The motorcycle turns into a large car lot and pulls up to a van. Three people are standing behind the van. Hold on, says the drone operator. The target is conducting some kind of meet. Ground units, hold back and stand by, says another voice. We see the green boxes at our ground vehicles pull into parking spots or alleys at a safe distance. The target has passed something to the... Oh, frag! Shots fired. Target is down. It was an ambush from the drone operator. The other voice comes back. Drone one. In cap or deceased? How many assailants? Drone operator. Looks like sniper. Gel rounds or stick and shock. Target managed to clear his holster and get off a few rounds, but not effectively. The team he met is loading him into the van and the thermals show the target is alive. The other voice says, All right, all units stay on standby. I need to get DeVry looped in. Drone one, whatever you do, don't lose that van and keep the video feed coming to my comm. Ground team blue, follow the van but stay back. Do not engage without direct orders. How copy? Another voice answers, blue team leader, copy loud and clear, over. Our camera separates from the drone as it begins to follow the van. It speeds across the sprawl skyline and dips down towards a large nondescript white van parked on the top of a parking garage in the University of Washington County, Washington's campus. <clears throat> nondescript aside from the thicket of aerials and antennas sprouting from its roof. Now we are inside the van. Both sides of the cargo bay are filled with monitors and readouts, lights, switches, and data jack. Weapons and armor hang in racks from the roof. There are three occupants in the van. A dwarf and an elf, seated with their backs to each other, are staring intently at their screens. The third is a slight female woman of Japanese descent, dressed in an immaculate suit jacket and pencil skirt. She is standing, her gaze glued intently to the dwarf's screens that show the drone's eye view of the van moving through the Seattle streets toward Tuyulu. Replay the ambush footage for me, she demands in clipped tones. The elf's fingers fly across the keys. On another screen, the footage of the attack on the motorcycle driver plays. Stop. Zoom in and enhance the image of the human woman behind the van. The footage stops and the camera zooms in on the face of Cecile. The software does its job and the image crystallizes. The Japanese woman stamps her foot suddenly, vehemently. Send that image to my comm, she says. The woman goes into AR. She is making a comm call. The call connects. Her AR view fills with the view of an opulent office <clears throat> with grand views of Puget Sound. The face on the screen is that of an older human male, framed by a thick shock of pure white hair. The man's skin has an unnatural pallor and seems thin, translucent even. His eyes burn with a fierce intensity. How is our little operation going, Alice? He asks. Our friend is in our custody? No. He got snatched as we were preparing to move in. Hold for data transmission, Alice says. 
The images of the motorcycle rider's ambush and abduction scroll across the pale man's AR feet, ending with the image of Cecile. Pale man seems to start. Go back. Who is the man with the girl? In the back of the van, we see the image of ice being enhanced and sent to DeVry and the pale man. The pale man curses. How the frag is this possible? How can this be happening after all this time? What is happening? asks DeVry. Petrov, you need to tell me what is going on if I'm going to be effective. He looks at her with palpable anger. The past didn't stay buried, Alice, so I need to drive a stake into it and put it back into the ground where it belongs. Kill them all. Secure the girl's comp. Do it immediately. No hesitation. No waiting for reinforcement. Van Housen can't talk to this man and the girl. DeVry looks puzzled. Who's Van Housen? Petrov practically howls in frustration. Jim Ansel is George Van Housen. Stop asking questions that don't concern you and do your job, Alice. So you want to neutralize Jim, George Van Housen, not capture him anymore? Don't worry about Van Housen, Alice. Kill the girl and the people helping her. And above all, get me her comic. Then he adds, I have an insurance policy on Ben with an evil grin. That's the end of the cutscene. So we've gone from capture to kill. Fucking ass. Well, that's spooky. Cecile should probably start wearing a mask, huh? <laughs> yeah! Yeah! yeah. Yes, that part of why Boxer is always, um, always either wearing a helmet or wearing her rebreather. I think Dindera is probably a bit too distinct to cover up everything with a mask, because like, if her hands pop out, they're green, so like... Just think you're an orc. Maybe. A, a very short one. The good a very short, is, though, small your glamour doesn't show up on camera. Oh yeah, it doesn't. So... Any security cams, drone footage is just going to show a non, a ra- relatively nondescript elven, mm-hmm. which is going to be really disconcerting for people trying to follow you. Oh, damn, that's true. <clears throat> they don't necessarily know it's a glamour that makes you appear differently. It could be that you're a shape-shifting mage or something. Yeah. yeah when in fact I'm the exact opposite of a shape-shifting mage. Okay, so when we left off the other night, the team was all in the van booking it away from the scene where George Van Housen's life was ended by a cortex bomb and you were attacked by apparently blue team. Not that beat, no. Not that beat. I think Deandre drove her bike because she wouldn't just leave her bike at the... Yes. Even it was a bit dinged up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, where are we going? Excellent question. We need a safe house now, right? Yeah. We should probably uh, contact, um, you know, the person who made us go out here on this job. Mm-hmm. Which one are you contacting? You have two Mr. Johnsons at this point. You have Prokop and you have the Mr. Johnson who had you, who was looking for the girl, Kimmy. Prokop, <clears throat> a real Mr. Johnson? I mean, I do want to get money out of that Mr. Johnson. We'll get it. And you have what... You have what you told him you were going to get. You have the, uh, the mm-hmm. stash because that's George Van Housen did bring you that. Yeah. So we can tie up our two good things in one false swoop. And do you remember what the, uh, the mission from uh, Prokop was? To bring George Van Housen in, or to interrogate him at least, right? I've got my footage of it. I don't have to be good enough. Sorry, I'm not character. Hmm. <laughs> I've got the footage. She taps uh, her head near her eyes. These, uh, by necessity, they're always recording. Okay, so I sweat. who's calling Prokop? Dinda would probably call Prokop if, because she knows she doesn't know if anyone else is going to. Did you guys ever establish a party line 
we did. Like we had a group chat, but I don't think we established that we had like a group call or whatever, a party line. I'm pr- I imagine we'd be able to like message Procop and like whatnot in a group chat. Probably wouldn't be hard to do that. All right, so the van is following Deendeer on the motorcycle, and Deendeer is placing a call. Now, Deendeer, does that mean that while you're riding your motorcycle, you're pulling out your comic? Because you use an old-fashioned comic. Mm-hmm. Deendeer is confident enough in riding her bike that she would pull out her comlink while on the bike. I think we're going to have to make a vehicle control test. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, just, you know, controlling this bice- this motorcycle one-handed, it'll be fine. It's, uh, piloting? Or what's it called? Pilot ground, pilot ground craft. First rule of the night. We have edge back, right? Um, not until you sleep again. Okay. Actually, uh, no modifiers, so just regular old... Wait, does edge refresh at the new session, or does it refresh after you sleep? It's up to you. You, you could choose to, like... You can have edge refresh when we finish a job, when we sleep, session. You can refresh edge whenever you bloody hell want. All right. Well, we'll say that edge is not refreshed. All right. <clears throat> yeah, you pull out your comlink and um, hold it up to your... I think, I think there's probably like a slot in her helmet. Yeah, maybe you've got a Bluetooth to your helmet. Mm-hmm. You've got speakers in it. All right. And you're dialing Procop. Mm-hmm. Or whatever burn line Procop gave us. Yep. Um, it only rings about time of night. What kind of day did we say that this was? This was late afternoon? Let's just say late afternoon. Um, Prokop answers uh, pretty much right away. The phone gets answered. And, um, <clears throat> do you have an AR screen on your motorcycle helmet, maybe? Nope. Okay. Uh, actually, she probably does. It would probably be really hard to find one that doesn't yeah. in <clears throat> 2070. She probably has it set to as minimal as settings yeah, so we'll just say your 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 helmet. We'll hand wave it and say your helmet is wirelessly connected to your phone, and you can probably would have cost extra, but we'll just say that you've got the, uh, the helmet hooked up at least so that you can ride your motorcycle safely. And you see the uh, the comm call go through and get picked up. Um, your heads up display. You've got set up as minimally as possible, so you don't get like, you don't get a, a video feed from the other comlink. Uh, you hear Procop's voice come across. Yes, this is Deander, am I correct? Uh, she, like, gives him a salutation in Sparathiel as, like, a confirmation, because no one else would say that. He, you just about hear him grinning through the phone as he says, Ah, yes, identity. How are things progressing? How did things progress with your meet, George Van Housen? We, uh, might have found ourselves in an adder's nest, or at least in an approximation of one. Um... We seem to have run afoul of someone who wanted to keep him shut up, and his head exploded. Right after we asked him a few questions. So, was your interrogation? Somewhat. We got some information. One of them probably has a recording. Are you being followed? I don't believe so. Can't very well check on a bike. You can probably pull to the side of the road, but that might look conspicuous. I'm gonna go get a smoke before we before we go anywhere. I need one after this. Alright, well, how about if you come by, let's meet at neutral ground then. Sounds like a good idea. Bring this back to San Sounds like a very good idea. Do you have a safe house? I personally do not. And if my uh, intuition is correct, I believe 
neither of our friends do, or none of our friends do either. See. Yes. Unless Ice has one. No, Ice was staying at the Samovar Tino, and it sounds like the, uh, the safe house where I had to take George Van Housen. I have a place, but it's probably not very close to a safe house. It's my brother's. Been staying at it while we're in the city. Well, I wouldn't go there. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Not the best I've had. Tell you what, find a, uh, send me the footage, if you can, of the interrogation what George said. In the meantime, find a place to, until I can figure out where we... I know a great elf motel off uh, I-5, so I'll drag their ass. Okay. Uh, and then I give him, like, not a snippy goodbye, but, like, a very quick uh, spiritual goodbye, and just hang up on him. And I call someone in the car, probably, uh, a boxer. She picks up promptly. Send, I've just spoken to, uh... Uh, Mr. Johnson, not not the the fake one, the real one. Um, uh, I presume you I, mean a more valuable contact. Yes. Uh, he wants the um, he wants the footage sent directly to him, and we're gonna does go low have... in a motel off I five. And does he have a preferred method of sending? I don't know what he would prefer. You might ask Ice. He might know. Ice. Uh, how does? Mr. J. Ah, Mr. J. How does he like to receive his media? Media related to work. I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't even have a comment. <laughs> right. In that case, I'll just send him to the contact he gave us. Perhaps. And she, she does. So you just send him the. Uh... Yeah, she sends him the full footage. Like she you're doesn't even edit it. Right? Yeah, she's always recording. She still sends him the uh, full encounter footage from. Uh, setting up the ambush to, no, from firing the first shot to the conclusion when she shoots the drone. You get a brief text message back that says, data received, I'll be in touch. And it has the, uh, it has sort of that, that odd wolf's head symbol that he had sent you guys attached to the file to, I believe he had told you something about, you know, any message from him would be accompanied by that as a verification. Not very secure. Could be. It could be a non-fungible token. <laughs> the engineer inside of Nightingale could not imagine such a thing existing. She comes from a land of solid, you know. I think I think Dindar would kind of pro- probably continue her conversation with Boxer at this point. Um, do you? Does any of you know a good place to lay low? If not, I have a motel in mind. I had a safe house. However, it appears to be quite gone on account of, well, I'm not sure, honestly, whoever's after Cecile and some other force that I do not know had some kind of heated engagement there. Wouldn't they have been the mercenary company? Well, I know a motel off I-5 that we can go to, but uh, I don't know how amenable you, you, you folks will be at the accommodation, especially ICE. Hey, out of character, I just want to ask, you all realize that you're covered in gore right now, right? That's why we need to find a hotel room. I cleaned myself. Obviously, I cannot present myself to the world, but I am clean. Can't she clean anyone else? Or for telekinesis? Did you wipe it off with your hands? It, it, yeah, exactly. It's soaked It's soaked in. I would need cleaning agents to do that. Hush. And Boxer's got it in her fur, so... Oh. Ugh. I mean, I... 
I could I could do some of it, I she guess. She can pass it off. She's gonna pass it off as a as a part of changeling thing. Are you being changeling racist? This is just how I smell. Boxer was literally injured by flying pieces of skull. This is also like you are also like injured and also covered in blood. Okay, 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 okay. I'm just saying I don't think we'll be able to just walk into a random motel without a rate without raising suspicion and this is out of character i just want you all to realize that you are suggesting walking into a regular establishment covered in gore okay 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 what if what if what if, hear me out i have a spirit use an illusion to convince the keeper smile no. just find a really nasty place that doesn't care yeah that's, that's awesome. kind of what i was suggesting that's what that was my plan that's why you said motel, right? Like, what is a motel in this day and age? Okay, there's a difference between motel and, like, back alley place that isn't technically owned by the person renting it out. Even the shittiest of motels would probably call the cops if somebody walked in covered in gore. Just pay extra. <laughs> just, just give the fucking wage slave behind the counter, like, you know, 40 buckaroos on the- Just have the, the cleanest of you, the most presentable of you, walk in make the transaction, and then everybody else goes into the hotel. Which one of us is the cleanest, though? It's it's Cecile. Cecile is the cleanest. No, Ice also cleaned himself off. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the two of you can do it. Cecile is also not clean at all. Ice can do it. I would do it if I could. But being a pony makes you by nature unclean. <laughs> That's so fucking dumb. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, but... This is social commentary. Being a pony makes you unclean. So you guys are in Puya Loop at the moment, and um, Terraslar isn't isn't far. Terraslar is the uh, the Elven Enclave. That's where I was headed. The refugees of the the Night of Rage. Oh, that is where you're headed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know a place. Yep. Cecile hasn't said a word or even like moved during this entire That's trip. That's why I said Ice might not like the accommodation. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Hey. Hey, hey, Ice. Yeah? Are you racist? He looks at you. Nightingale smiles and looks back out the, the windshield. <clears throat> he says, just because I don't like elves doesn't mean I'm racist. That's literally what that means, though. <laughs> he grins. No, it's not that I don't like elves. I don't like elves in general, but when I get to know them, they're all right. And he smiles. That's racist. Like, oh, wait, that's still racist. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you know how. That's cool. You're cool. I like you guys. The place we're going to is the front, operated by Aoife Fide, of the fence that I know in Seattle. Aoife, yeah. Aoife. 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 Aoife! I says, well, as you know, my my parents were killed in the Night of Rage, so we, we may be going exactly to the people who killed my parents. Am I, am I still on the phone with them? Can I, can I hear I saying that? <laughs> yeah. Ice is, I think Ice has told you this before. Ice probably has. Ice has told you his story of, you know, I think you guys had like a heart-to-heart moment and he was like, you know, I know I'm racist, but this is sort of what happened. Ice, you're going to have to shut your ass on this one. These people are good people, even if one of them may or may not have parents. The Night of Rage was a hard one for all of us. Don't get yourself down about it. Yeah, at that point, Nightingale just kind of like... Where is the where is the comlink that her voice is coming out of the address? Uh, one thing is, it's kind of inside a boxer's skull, <laughs> so it probably wouldn't be able to be heard at all. 
Oh, and if if I can't hear that, tell him that. No, she hangs up. <laughs> Nightingale. Uh, she he, he looks back and she uh, just kind of stares at eyes. How is he feeling? He's got a bit of a far off look in his face on his face. Um, I'm sorry that that happened. Like I, I really, really am. But I'm sure that the people that we're going to go get help from. They didn't do that. You know, there's a lot of elves in Seattle. I know. It's, like I said, I, I don't really have anything in particular against elves. It's just, in general, when it just reminds me of that. And that makes me, he looks a little bit angry. I don't know. I, 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 I get it. Okay. And don't worry. I can, it's not going to be a problem. She goes to her glove box and produces um, the sixth world equivalent of a honey bun and offers it to him. We're listening. <laughs> Soy bun. <clears throat> the uh yeah, the uh the racist skinhead KKK member takes it from you and, and silently starts munching on it. <laughs> oh my god. As he looks glumly out the window. Which by the way, her glove box, uh it's just packed full of honey buns. That's literally the only thing in there. He closes it. And he's absent absentmindedly wiping the blood off of his uh shirt and, and out of his hair. Oh my god. I, I should like Get a spell to clean people off at some point. That would be useful. I think I think DMJ would probably call AOF AOF before before time. Alright. Like yeah, a... call on the reservation. Mm-hmm. Sneak us in, you know. What do we know about uh, about this fence at this point? Um, pick him up? Not very much. I have some like little things written down. Uh, she enjoys having little mementos of breaking and entering events. Uh, and she enjoys meeting new people, but is paranoid of most. That's about it. Sounds like a right proper criminal. Dear, it's been a while. Uh, it has. Um, I have a little bit of a situation. I'm I'm calling in that favor you owe me, I think. Uh, oh, you are, are you? Yeah, uh, I need to use that front of yours. Uh, I've got some, some folks that could easily be called coming in hot off of a job. And, um, we need a little bit of a place to lay low. Uh, hang on. I'm guessing they're not all elves. Sadly, no. Hmm. Well, this could be a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dean Deer, I think we're going to have to roll some... Is he, is he racist, too? No, it's because she doesn't have sway over non-elves. And so if they come looking for trouble, it's just going to be kind of like, shit, there's trouble on my doorstep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, well, she might not be necessarily racist, but Terraslar being a, basically a refugee camp of elves who were displaced by the Night of Rage. You, you really want ice walking into a refugee camp? <clears throat> they oh, may God. be slightly resentful of, uh, any non-elves showing up. I'll keep a leash on my dogs. All right, I think we need a test. Okay. What is, uh, AOIFs? A- a- um, are you looking for loyalty? Yes. It's a two. It's not much. Where are my What's cards? your charisma? Um, it's six. I am. Alright, why don't you roll your charisma and your loyalty and see what you get. Okay. Okay, so according to Google, the pronunciation of the name is Aoife. Aoife? I rolled a, a three on my, uh, Charisma plus loyalty. 
Tifa sighs deeply. Ah, all right, Dander, but we need to keep this as quiet as possible. I don't want to see a bunch of. Uh, I don't want anybody to see a bunch of Nano come in. I'm I'll keep all. I'll keep them up. Yeah, either the. Uh, you know, the ancients are are thick around here right now, and I don't need the trouble. I'll keep them cooped up. Cooped up. Um, let's uh, let's make let's limit it to okay. Okay. All right, I'll uh, pull around back. Leave your bike in the back. Sounds like a plan. All right, you guys head into into the uh, into Terraslar. Um, I think I think while we're still on the way there, I would call the horse. The horse picks up after a lengthy battle with the comlink. Um, I figured I'd call you and get the whole truck. Um, yeah. This is a little warning. We are headed into. Elf territory in air quotes. Um, Elf territory, okay. Physical masks for our norms would be appreciated, but I think uh, Boxer and the horse will be pretty fine. Uh, I can't really do physical masks on the two humans, and then also on myself. Okay, just uh, stay in a van until I tell you guys to get out. Okie dokie. We don't want any trouble going down. Uh, Boxer is still saturated with blood. Are, 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 are elves okay with blood? There's a lot of blood. They're all covered in blood, in fact. None of them tried to wash themselves off while we were there. I haven't washed myself off. Trust me, we're going to uh, get a place to wash off. Okay. Uh, okay, 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 okay. And she, uh, she promptly relays that to everyone else, uh, what she'd been told. Ice is enjoying his, uh, his bun. Alright, so you pull up Terraslar is a very is basically like I said, it's a it's a uh, it's an elven refugee camp. It's not a, a camp per se. I mean it, it used to be a a neighborhood of Puyal um the elves took it over after the night of rage. Well, not took it over is the wrong word, but they settled there when the uh, the sheer people didn't let them in and so they've been stuck there ever since. Um, it's very poor, rundown. It's it's a area that's af- that's officially been abandoned by the uh, by the Metroplex government. Um, so there are no official municipal services, electricity, or telecom, or anything like that. So everything that works there has been basically cobbled together, or, or somehow other you know some other ways patched together by you know sort of the local councils or local community groups. Um, there's no um, official night errand or Lone Star presence. There's no, there's no law enforcement because the the community is too poor to pay for uh, to have an official law enforcement. So, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of gang activity, especially the ancients. But you end up pulling in behind the old building, an old building, following Dinder's motorcycle, and uh, yeah, what happens, Dinder? I think Dinder gets off her bike and kind of gives the wait in the car signal and goes up and knocks on the back door of the building. The door opens and uh, you see Aoife. And uh, what does Aoife look like? I think she's kind of a wiry woman. Like, she has... She probably doesn't have any scars or, but she's definitely a wiry woman. Uh, She looks elf age about. uh, I don't think you could really spot much off of her. She she's one of those people who has like corridor. Uh, otherwise, she just looks like a nondescript wiry elf. Yeah. So the rest of you guys, you see, you see this this elven woman open the door and 
She doesn't have any real distinguishing features. You can't necessarily tell how old she is. She looks around. She looks at uh, Dandera and at the van and she says, well, I hope I don't regret this, Dandera. I'll make it worth your while. You know me. I'm considering that uh, that favor called in. Okay. I think at this point I probably owe you one of this. All right. We'll get them in here now. I've cleaned up upstairs so you guys have a, some space to, uh, to hide out. But I'd appreciate it if you didn't come down or the rest of them didn't come down. Um, without letting me know first. I'll keep him upstairs. Uh, I think, uh, just be warned, there is a horse. And Deander kind of waves to them for it to come quickly or whatever. Horse? Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see. It's, uh, it's not as complicated as they make it sound, but there is a horse. The horse can drive, so... A horse can drive? Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it drove here, actually. She's just looking at you like you've completely lost your mind. You've heard crazier things from me. And at that point, are you guys, everybody's getting out? This hill gets out really, really slow. And everybody's, uh, everybody, I take it, is still geared up. And <laughs> so picture the band of misfits, you know, sort of piling out of this van. Um, A door opens, nothing comes out, and it closes. Well, uh, you four, or you four upstairs. And kind of like gives him a wave through and point to the stairs that are probably just behind the door. Notably, there are only three. She present. watches the uh, the whole group come through, and Ice is just sort of staring down at the ground, not making eye contact. And uh, Boxer, you're carrying your gear bag. Yep. Everybody's to some extent covered in grime and bloodied. And stay upstairs. I'll do laundry in a bit and go for a supply run after that. Where's the horse? Behind you. She looks. I don't see a horse. Actually, we need to make a uh, test, don't we? Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, let me roll the spell. Hold on. And then everybody gets to resist physical mask, right? That's how it works? Yes. I didn't cast physical mask on anyone. I just have invisibility on myself. Oh. Uh, well, we do get to resist invisibility, though. Yes. Um, yes, you do. Is it uh, intuition... And uh, counterspelling, I guess. No, it's uh, logic and counterspelling. Okay. But I rolled, I rolled a uh, four there. Got two drain. Of course I. So I'm rolling. Uh, so I'm rolling logic plus counterspelling. Mm-hmm. If you have any. Wow. It's a physical illusion. Ooh. I added my uh, magical resistance. She gets close, but none of them see through it. Nightingale is invisible and, like, telling the, the group she uh, she has learned in the recent past that it is a very bad idea to get in front of people when they can't see you because they will step on you. Can we hear the horse still? Um, if her hooves fall on something that's particularly hard, like, say, the road Asphalt. or... Yeah, yeah, you would be able to hear her hoof falls. They are actually quite distinctive noises. I think she probably turned invisible. You'll spot her soon enough, I guess. All right, well, she rolls her eyes. I'm going to head back out, fr- out to the front. Okay. Um, can I borrow the laundry key? You're going to make me pay, like, every time. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make you pay. Okay. <laughs> I kind of follow the four, but the, 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 as the fifth stooge to this, um, uh, mess of a party. Yeah, upstairs you find sort of a common area with some, uh, ratty old furniture and, you know, uh, sort of a kitchenette and uh, a couple of uh, cots and mattresses lying around in various corners. And uh, probably there's a uh, there's a restroom, bathroom area 
as well. It even has a door. I think there are also like their family pictures like around the place, but none of them are. They're all just random families. That is either incredibly sad or incredibly disturbing, and I'm not sure which. Okay, water's clean enough here. Shower one at a time. Somebody clean. Um, I'll do laundry in a second, and uh, that medication is normally shatter, showered like alone. What? Is communal showering a thing? I didn't know that. I said one at a time. I didn't tell you to shower all at well, once. Why did you specify that? So isn't it implied by telling us to shower? I was, I guess. I don't know. Nightingale looks like she has learned something profound. I'll do a supply run in a bit. Just write down what we need. I guess message it to me. Nothing wild. I'll get some food while I'm out as well. Enough for a day or two. I'm gonna go do my laundry. She kind of turns around immediately and walks down the stairs. <sighs> so I'm guessing we're gonna, yeah. So Nightingale, how do you feel about inactivity? Mm, what do you mean? Not doing anything. How do you feel about it? Uh, I generally don't like that. I, I like to have something to do, but I do have something to do. I can, well, I can write. I can research more further with your help. I, you know, I struggle with computers. Yeah, I'd be glad to have. What's Cecile doing at the moment? If no one took the bathroom, Cecile has gone into the bathroom and shut the door. And she's just going to, like, turn on the shower and just sit under it for, like, at least an hour. I guess. Is the only one? I think that probably within the first, probably, well, you know what? What's your edge? Feels edge, it's two. All right, roll two dice. <laughs> Are you trying to see if the if the hot water works? No hits. Uh, you got, how did you roll zeros? I didn't, I rolled a two and a four. Oh. So two and a four, you get exactly six minutes of warm water. <laughs> she doesn't care. It's getting progressively colder. Oh no. Doesn't even make sense. Okay, whatever. I think probably like 15 minutes later, Deidre comes up and she's just in like shorts and a, a wife beater, basically. Did she walk into the bathroom? I think she, she like notices that everyone's still out, bangs on the door to the bathroom. Seal doesn't answer, but it is locked. He says, Cecile, the do you want me to wash your clothes? You're going to have to give them to me. Cecile gets up, takes off her clothes, and just throws them through the door. Wait, like yeah. sopping wet clothes? Yes. Ah, yes. It's that kind of vibe. He's having a pity party in the bath. How dare she be traumatized by somebody's face exploding? Want her, no less. Also, you can be traumatized on the couch. I bet the rest of them would like to clean off. Be traumatized on the couch. She she closed the door and locked it again after she threw the clothes out. She's not coming out. Anyone else got any clothes they want me to wash? Uh, Nightingale immediately offers up all of her clothing, like folded up. Yeah, Ice takes off his shirt, hands it to you, sits okay. back down at the table. He's wearing a wife beater too underneath of it. So I have come to we have that in common. Oh, who gives a fuck? Boxer literally does not care. She strips down to her undergarments and, without even a modicum of modesty, hands them all to Dean there. Also, um, send me a list of stuff you need from a stuffer shack in the next 20 minutes and I'll go get it. I'm gonna go out and get, I guess, whatever passes for food around these parts right now. Boxer wants the actual meat. Actual meat. Ice looks up and he says, uh, I'll just take some coffee, please. Soy calf? Yep, that's fine. Okay. Not like I can afford the good stuff. 
not out here. And Gendry kind of walks downstairs again, probably after another 30 minutes or so. She comes back, still in her, like, white beater, but with her, like, sword belt on, uh, with, like, a couple bags of, uh, stubber shock stuff. And, no, like, greasy as fuck Chinese food. I think, I think Deandre would then look back at the, the, like, washroom closet and go back to banging on the door. Theo. Of course, it's gonna make me start paying for the water if you, if you don't let up in there. Has it been half an hour? It's been more than half an hour. Okay, well, the the shower isn't on, but the door is still locked. Nightingale. She's not talking. Uh, Deandre, what, what, can I, can you back off? I would also like to point out, she did give you all of her clothes, including her underwear. She just, she's not clothed right now. Deandre doesn't give two shits. Goddamn. You've seen people naked before. The horse, like, nudges Deandre out of the way. Like, out of the, like, away from the door. I know, I know everyone wants to take a shower. I get it. I get it. You're being a little too rough. Cecile has had a very hard time. Um, hey, Cecile. Like, uh, we need to get you out. There's, like, I could make a space for you to sit down and be alone and quiet and dark. And, like, is there a closet? Uh, you could probably rig up something with some of the blankets from the, uh, the various mattresses that are in the various corners to, to create sort of a screen around one of them. I can make you a, uh, a a little a little privacy bubble so that you don't have to be around us and you you can just be alone all. But we do need to be able to use the shower. Seal like five minutes later after one of you stops talking sends a message to the group chat that she's not coming out until she has her clothes back. <laughs> That's reasonable, I guess. Did, did, did she not bring any changes to us? No, I don't think anybody did, because we weren't really expecting to end up. Okay, but I would also like to mention, she doesn't have a change of clothes. She was kidnapped. Oh. Uh, you make a... Box uh, is going to text Deandere's to get some clothes, too. <laughs> but the wash is probably done by now. Deandere goes back down and pecks the group. I'll go run and grabs. Whatever will come out of Goodwill, I guess. Or whatever the ninth, ninth, uh, ninth world version of Goodwill is. I'm sure I'll be close well, enough no. to her size. We're way in the future, ninth world. Oh. <laughs> Sixth world version of Goodwill is. Yeah, I think you know. Again, again she goes in just her white beater, shorts, and sword. Being in Terrorslar, <laughs> there's there's plenty of that type of thing. Ice looks around. He says, "All right, so what's what's the plan? I think we're still missing something." I, I mean, probably would have been wise to take the body out of care. I, I think we were a little bit occupied about the whole getting shot thing. You know, just a little, little matter. I didn't go as the strategic genius. So we were trying to get, from George Van Housen, we were trying to get information on whether my uh, my friend Rigor Mortis was still alive, or what had happened to him. Presumably he's in a federal penitentiary, possibly out of state. I'm, yeah, we did get information about Rick and Mortis out of character. He's in prison. Some corpo black side. Wait, wait, the, the corporations have prisons? Yep. Mm-hmm. They're countries, so yeah. They're extranational entities. The, uh, and security corps like Night Errant and uh, Lone Star have contracts with the city. Although out of character, I will say, it's very Shadowrun if they just contracted it out to a country. <laughs> The remains of the prison industrial complex handle the uh, all the corpo prison all the corp prisoners or whatever. 
We aren't making enough money holding our own prisoners. We need to outsource this. Nah, I feel like I feel like private prisons would definitely still exist. Yeah, they're profitable. And for all the criminals in the sixth world, well, well, they're profitable if you're if you start running like tests on the prisoners, you know. You can do a lot of things with prison populations, you know? A lot of totally ethical things. They're slave labor. Like, that's that's the reason why the prison industrial complex exists as it does in the U.S. now. They were replaced for that, which is disconcerting. Anyway. I says, he looks at uh, Boxer and, and uh, Grace, are you, material, are you visible again? Nightingale dropped invisibility basically as soon as they were inside, and she's... I imagine she's resting like laid up on something kind of elevated off of the ground yeah so picture this you know imagine you know a, a fairly a very old house you know old wooden house structure that's been battered by the explosion of uh that created the uh these sort of lava fields and ash waste of real you know with a really worn wooden floor and you know plaster falling off the walls and ceiling and you know just sort of scraps of cloth hanging in front of the windows everything's really run down and maybe there's just a single light bulb hanging out the ceiling just a couple of mattresses and really old furniture that looks like it's been picked off the street flying around and ice is sitting at one of uh, the few chairs at the small table by the uh, kitchenette and he looks at grace and box and he says what was that thing that george said just before they blew his head off it was something about the ceo of yamatet no after that he, when he realized, it seemed like he realized something was about to happen, and he started shouting something about a warehouse. Weren't we in a warehouse? Uh, yeah, we were in a warehouse, actually. Can, can I can I do a memory test? Sure. Okay, how, so how do you roll it? I mean, technically, the boxer could just look at her AR feed and yeah. screen back through it. You know, the entire recording, including audio? I rolled a one. Presumably, unless, unless boxer didn't doesn't have cyber ears to record audio. <clears throat> so Grace Nightingale, Grace Nightingale, <laughs> Grace remembers, uh, yeah, he was shouting something about a warehouse just before his head blew. It was very disconcerting because his eyes all went all funny and then they started shouting and then pop. And the next yeah. thing you knew you were being shot at. Yeah. What? Human behavior is very violent. Is that just a thing humans say before they die? Is it religious? The warehouse in the sky. And Grace, Grace Nightingale doesn't know about cortex bombs, so she probably hasn't even really figured out how his head blew off. <laughs> she, yeah, she she has no clue. <laughs> doesn't really click. Ice looks at uh, Boxer and says, "So, did uh, did Prokop say anything? Are we supposed to be meeting him, or what's going on now?" I think he's still chewing over the footage. We're supposed to hunker down a bit. Oh, you've got footage. Oh, well, let's, uh, can you, do you have something you can show us the footage on? Yes, but, uh, Sissy, uh, shot here. Doesn't matter. Actually, is she here? Did she get out? No. no. She, unless she has clothes, she hasn't gotten out. <laughs> I may have something. Stand by for a moment. And she gets into her bag. Let's see what I've got. I remember vaguely having a holographic projector. Yep. You can, just, you can just show them on your comlink. It has a screen. The one that's in her head. Oh, that would be harder, yeah. Ice looks over at Grace and says, just just throw the girl one of those blankets off the bed. <laughs> and she uh, tapes out a holo projector. It 
looks expensive, it is, and sets it on the table. <sighs> it's about time I got to use up this thing, out of this thing, and she, yeah, she stares at it for a moment and, and frowns, looking down and pacing around for a solid few seconds with no explanation before uh, looking back at it. At which point, images begin to appear. Um, they're categorized vaguely. I, uh, <clears throat> I organized the footage. Uh, this is what we need. And she pulls up the uh, last moments of George Munchausen. So, yeah, so this is a, a hollow projector? Oh, yeah. And it has some audio, I presume. If not, she's just going to set her next to Does a hollow projector have audio? Probably. If how much that fucking thing costs it better. I don't know why it wouldn't. 2,000 credits. Or, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't matter. You're not gonna make me watch it. Speaker system sold again, separately. That's not really what it says, is it? No. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised in Chatteron, though. Yeah, so Grace is turning her head away as she sees the footage come up. Yeah, she doesn't want to see it again, preferably. I think Yandere's probably back at this point. It might have been a while, but she's probably back. Alright, so you see the hollow projector on the table. And... I think uh, Yandere has, like, both a bag and a basket of clothes. And she, like, she puts the basket of clothes down and goes and hands the bag to uh, Cecile. The, like, the door is still locked. You'd have to knock and tell her. Cecile, I've got you a change of clothes. She's not the... the door most fashionable but her arm comes out and she grabs it and then she closes the door again it's it's like a uh, a button up shirt a button down shirt and a pair of long pants something that uh dantry would wear like a women's shirt and pants okay so so you brought her like a random size of i think i think dantry would probably be able to guess and also she looked at your clothes before so she could just her... go weird brands of clothes that probably have their own sizing chart. Mm-hmm. Something at least similar looking in size. I'll roll Dander's something to see if it fits. I, I want to know whether or not it fits pr- properly. Alright, I think we're going to roll... We're going to roll your edge again, I guess. The seal's edge, or...? Uh, let's roll Dinder's ed- edge, then. Okay. Edge. It is, then. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... You know, the shirt is too huge and the pants are too tight and nothing really fits. Hold on, I need to decide. You're not sure if the shirt was made for a troll and the pants were made for a dwarf? But... <laughs> she, she she opens the door and throws them back out at you <laughs> and, and closes it. She she sends you a picture of somebody giving you the middle finger. Dang. I think D&D would just like move the basket of clothes in front of the door. But like catch them midair? No, like she the the basket of clean clothes. She'd probably just been boxer's uh, gonna get her clothes she just back. Get hits by this, uh, and she takes everything but Cecile's kind of leaves them in the basket. Are you going to tell her that those clothes are in there? Yes, she's going to take a picture of it, like right in front of the door, and then uh, send it to Cecile. Cecile puts her arm out and like grabs the clothes one by one. She comes out six minutes later. She's fully clothed now. Give me an edge test. <laughs> okay. Just edge? Yep. Wow. Yeah. You're uh, whatever, however they wash these clothes of yours, they did a number on them. Oh no. <clears throat> they are all, you know, 
colors have run together and guess what paul there's blood stain the blood stains didn't come out they're just now turned into big brown blotches all over it clothes I, i'm going to i'm going to take offense to this dander probably knows how to get blood stains out of clothes <clears throat> all right then then dander why don't you give me an edge roll there too edge is this really a luck thing rather than a like a knowledge but okay knowledge washing clothes knowledge washing clothes <clears throat> well you're working with sketchy equipment you didn't have all the time in the world, so it's the it's the it's the best you can do with a a, la, a a nearly broken laundromat washer. Yeah, you did manage to actually do a decent job getting the blood stains out, but unfortunately, when you threw all the clothes into the washer together, um, Ice's shirt, yeah, Ice's shirt, you know, his sort of plaid plaid colors ran out of his shirt and got all over uh, Cecile's cream slacks. Joke's on you, Paul. I have a spell for this occasion. That's good. Good for Cecile. Cecile is going to cast Fashion at, um... You know, That's a see. spell? Yeah. She's going to cast Fashion at Force 3. She got a 2, so... Uh, drain is... Oh, I have to look up the Drain code. Fashion's a great spell, actually. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. What does it do, though? The spell inst- instantly tailors clothing, transforming garments into any fashion the caster wishes. The hits measure the degree of style in the tailoring. The spell cannot change the clothing's protective value, only its cut, color, pattern, and fit. The weight of the clothing does not change, and it must cover approximately the same amount of area. The caster much- must touch the clothing. So, let's just say she fixes it. She's just matching the color. Yeah, so, uh, you guys noticed that Cecile's clothes suddenly look a whole lot better than when she first put them on. I'm assuming that she would have done that before she put them on, but, you know. She might not have noticed until she put it on and looked in the, the dingy mirror and said, what the? Although walking outside and just changing the color of your clothes is definitely a power move. The Topps Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knocks Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0, meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.